Welcome back to the Let's Wrestle podcast with Dan and Nico. I would be Nico. And I am Dan. Without a doubt, this week has been a little, uh, little, little down for us too. Uh, we got that WWE fatigue. We need to catch up on that shit. Um, but AEW is always great to watch. Is, am I wrong? Am I wrong for saying this? I mean, I, I'm always interested to see AEW just because I feel like they could literally do anything. And yes. I feel like WWE is the same format and you kind of know what to expect. But AEW is like, even though it's shit sometimes, it's great because you don't know what's going to happen. I'll give them that. I think what also doesn't help for Raw is just Raw's three hours. So like when you sit down and you're like, damn, I'm about to about to go in for three hours. Like it's a little tough to to cram in three hours for me because I have a kid and um have to watch her while I'm watching it. So and I don't have the actual channel to watch it, so I can't just pause it. You know, I feel like it that kind of fucks me up a little bit in terms of trying to watch it. Yep, yep, that is true. Um, so yeah, yeah, we're just gonna be like talking about AEW this week because yeah, no WWE for me this week <laughs> at all. But we will get back on that uh, next week. Uh, we'll make sure to get some some news, especially since we're coming, we're going into this road to SummerSlam um, portion of Raw and SmackDown. So we definitely want to keep up with what's going on. Um, so definitely, uh, let's go ahead and get into AEW this week, man. Um, not a bad, not a bad week, I, I would say. In my, for my opinion, the week as a whole for AEW wasn't too bad. Um, it's Fighter Fest. I think it's, there's two weeks going on for Fighter Fest this week and next week. Um, good opener, but not, not the greatest dynamite. There was some ups, there were some downs, but it ended up starting off with an Orange Cassidy versus Wardlow uh, for the TNT Championship, and the match was what it was. Um, I thought it was a great match with, with Orange Cassidy. Um, Wardlow came out on top. Um, it was basically just a battle of, of Orange Cassidy trying to, trying to stay away from um, Wardlow as much as he could until inevitably got, he, he got got by Wardlow. What can you say? Power, after a powerbomb, it, it's over. Game over. One, two, three. Done. What did you think about that match, man? Um, I... Uh- Honestly, like you already know what I'm gonna say here. Once yeah. this fucking show started, and I realized that Orange Cassidy was starting off the show, I said it's just gonna be one of those shows because look how we're already starting the fucking show. And I thought, did you see like the um, like the backstage segment that they showed while Cassidy was going to the ring where Trent Beretta was like, "Yeah, like we're gonna cheat and this and that." I'm like, I thought that was stupid. Um. <laughs> The match like had already started with the bullshit that Orange Cassidy does. He Warlow shouldn't have played along with it, and he's a fucking idiot for even agreeing to it. Oh my god! Uh, okay, he should have destroyed him, man. Like he should have, if you know, when he fucking does whatever he does, he should have just said fuck that bullshit. He should have went in into business for himself. Is no. what I'm saying. Nah. <laughs> but, and is- I know he won't do that. He's a nice guy, but. Um, you shouldn't no, even man. do that. <laughs> shouldn't. No, no, man, I I don't like this shit. Like, I I just don't. Um, I think Warlow is getting better. I think that was the only positive thing that came out of this match. I thought, uh, he's getting more like versatile as far as what he can do in the ring, like as an entertainer. 
um, things like that, which which is good, but in the right moment. Um, and I don't think this was the right moment to do goofy stuff because you just put the belt on him and you're trying to establish him as a threat, which he already has been established as a threat, but as a champion. Um, and dude, you know what, what was the most ridiculous shit out of this fucking match? What? Not, not what Cassidy was doing as far as his antics, which is stupid to begin with, which bro, Taz this is not what I was going to say, but Taz was calling Cassidy very cerebral at the beginning of the match. Taz is a fucking idiot. Uh, how is Orange Cassidy cerebral? Now, is when that... I... Okay, go ahead. When I think of cerebral, I think of the cerebral assassin. You know, fucking Triple H, you know, that kind of style, but... It was just stupid, man. And then... Well, what cerebral means is intellectual rather than emotional or physical. So cerebral just means that he's in his head. He's in he's he's playing head games, which those games are stupid. And <laughs> I, <laughs> I, okay, I, ahead, I, I normally if it was Cassie versus anybody else, I wouldn't have watched this match. But because it was Warlow, I thought, okay, well maybe it'll be over in five to ten minutes at the most. But no, when I realized that it was going to go on longer, I was like, wow, like. Orange Cassidy is getting more offense than MJF. So, what was the the goofy shit that you said was like the bothersome thing? Not anything that Cassidy did. It was is it just the fact that it went longer than MJF? What I was gonna say is that the most ridiculous shit ever was that Cassidy got more offense than MJF. Okay. All MJF. Right. Yeah, MJF, who was supposed to be a chicken shit heel. I mean, that was gonna be the the case. Regardless, but uh, he can't have that match every single time. Wardlow, at least. And the thing about the cast, this Cassidy match, it's not like Cassidy was ever overpowering Wardlow at all. It's not like he's he's like Riho, who's doing fucking suplexes and fucking Germans and all this other. Well, I think he did a German, but like suplexes, all this other shit, without having to make it make sense to begin with. Like all of most of Cassidy's fucking offense throughout this whole match. Was him pushing him into the fucking turnbuckles because he can't actually hurt him on his own. I think Cassidy has fought the right people, not fought him for real, but like has been put against the right people to show that he is gonna be the wrestler that you're gonna have issues with, trouble with because he plays the mind games. That's like a part of his character. So I think you're looking at it too literally on this one. Um, but I mean, to each their own with it. But that's how I see when I see Orange Cassidy wrestle. He didn't wrestle outside of the zone of possibility he kept trying to hurt wardlow either with his whole body or with the ring or something like that i would have been more pissed off with this match if it made wardlow look weak at any point because he's taking all these bumps from cassidy which they didn't do it was a game of cat and mouse and it was just when was cassidy gonna get got by wardlow that's how i saw the match um i think you overthink with with cassidy you you don't give him enough credit Bro, look at without knowing like what they've done in the company. Look at Orange Cassidy, and then look at MJF. Like as I'm talking, like their physique. You actually believe that this hundred pound guy is gonna get more offense in than fucking MJF? Like yeah, MJF had to get his. MJF had to get his. The problem is right now is that you don't know what could have happened if it was an MJF versus Wardlow part two. Because they could have definitely kept the story going 
if whatever's happening with MGF right now wasn't happening. Well, this is and the thing about that, this is the thing ahead. about AEW. We don't get rematches. We don't. We rarely get rematches, especially for rivalries that have been good. Like remember when FTR and the Young Bucks had their match? That was it. We it, we waited months before the next match. And but no, but then we get you know rematches with the fucking best friends with uh, private party or some shit like that every other week. So like, there wasn't gonna be a rematch for MJF and Warlow at, at least not a month or two after. It would have been maybe almost a year down the road or or more than that. But I'm just I just don't like Orange Cassidy, and it's not nothing <laughs> against him. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but it's just. What he does in the ring, of course, there's a time and place for it. I'm not saying that it shouldn't be in wrestling at all. There definitely should be some entertainment because some of that stuff is is funny and it's it's good shit. But when it's every fucking match, bro, like, come on. Like, I like the Will Ospreay match better than this match because at least Will Ospreay is not a fucking beast-looking motherfucker like uh, Warlow is. But... I mean, what, I, did, what did Wardlow take from Cassidy that was just so unbelievable? Just for the fact that Cassidy was able to run away for most of the match? Didn't he, he hit didn't, his finisher on Wardlow at the end? There was like a close count. And I was like, what the fuck? No, it took a couple of tries because there was a couple of big hits that Cassidy actually gave to Wardlow where Wardlow just literally kicked out of one. And so, yeah, at the very end, he's going to have at least one big moment where it's close. And then after that, he was squashed. Well, when they went to commercial and the match still wasn't over, I checked the fuck out. <laughs> so well, that match happened. That match happened. We're spending way too much time on this match. You can you can talk about Cassidy all day. I know you can. But um, we, hold on, before we get to the next segment, I do want to bring up. Uh, I'm not sure if you were going to bring it up. The uh, uh, the Pac package of him defending his title. I was actually going to bring that up because oh, I, okay. I just don't understand what's happening with that right now. Because, yeah, it's cool. Like, they, they're sending Pac out for, you know, as an international champion. That's how I see it. An international champion. It's not really like an AEW. It's AEW International Championship. That's what I want to call it now. Um, so he's more defending it in the indies, I guess, outside of AEW, like in Europe, in Japan, and wherever the fuck I guess they want to send him. Um, but it just doesn't make any sense why they would create a title for that. I mean, I heard something from Jim Ross where he said also that he didn't quite understand it, but he was putting it over at the same time. It's not like he was just shitting on it. He wasn't really shitting on it. Um, I guess it's, I'm seeing it more as like a product placement in like a movie you know, watching a movie, you see that the character pick up his drink and it's a Coca-Cola and he's making sure that the Coca-Cola sign is shown on there. It's kind of like that. So Pac is going to be out there basically being an ambassador for AEW so they can possibly move to like different places and all that shit. I mean, internally that seems like a good offer for Pac, but like externally for me as a fan, I don't like it. It's like, what the fuck are you doing with Pac? Like, that's great that everyone else gets to see him, but like, what about the people in AEW? Like we don't see him on fucking on dynamite. We don't see him on fucking rampage. The uh, what I remember, what I heard is that he actually defended the title on Dark. Like you're gonna put him on a YouTube show and then put him somewhere in Europe, or we're not even gonna see the fucking match. Right. Like I don't know, dude. That's some stupid shit. 
well, I, I I feel like Pac just deserves better. I don't definitely he does, but I don't agree with I don't agree with the um, like I like the belt. I, I like the concept of it. I don't agree, of course, with him being on dark. That that was stupid. But um if he's gonna show up um maybe every other match on fucking AEW, like and then he goes and has another match somewhere else and then they showed on AEW, like I could get down with that, but it has to be done the right way. And then Tony Schiavone said, Wow, what a champ. And I was like, What? Like he just won the belt, Tony. Um and we haven't <laughs> well, seen it's, him defend it. It's because he did defend it. That's the thing. Like they know he defended it. Then he won. So that's why he's like, Oh, what a champ. Like I get that. That's not that's too nitpicky for me. But you can still say that. I'm just saying. Um he, he, he said what a champ after they showed the package. I was like, Tony, shut up. Cut the shit. <laughs> Right, but <laughs> oh, you got the shit, Tony. Uh, but, dude, I mean, I I like the concept. Um, I don't want to see him defending it on dark, and I do like that they showed at least the match highlights of it yeah. because uh, it's like the same thing with dark. They talk about it, but we don't know what the fuck you know. We don't know the footage or whatever. At least show something. Um, it's, it's better. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to add that it's better than them just saying it while the show's going on. Like, oh, and uh, if you didn't know, you know, Pac defended the title in buttfuck nowhere, um, you know, this past weekend. It's better than that. So at least I'll give them some credit here. Yeah. And I think also what they could possibly do um, is maybe if it's if your people are able to watch that match in any way, shape, or form, maybe promote that on Rampage or promote it on Dynamite real quick. Like they showed this fucking package. Because if you're trying to like help, if it is kind of like a promotional thing where you're trying to like um, gain, you know, whatever with the promoters on that side or wherever the fuck you're going, if they have a way to watch it, why not share it with the fans from AEW? Yes, we can go out and look for the match if we wanted to, but. I don't know. I just feel like they need to promote it better. Like, promote it on the actual show to make it seem like Pac actually means something to them instead of just it being like whoever is Pac's fans will look up the match wherever it's at. You know? I, yeah. I, I feel like they need to promote it more. He's a champion. Promote your champion. Don't just show the highlights. Promote his match that he's going to have so people can be like, oh, crap, that's happening because some people may not be even aware that he was going to have a match. I knew he was going to have a match. But did everyone know he was gonna have a match? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's um, honestly, it's whatever, man. Um, yeah, we you know they already have that. a secondary title, and they should honestly make sure that belt doesn't become irrelevant, like you know, intercontinental belt over here on the other side. But um, yeah, man. We'll see what's going on. Um, but the next segment that actually happened was Chris Jericho, um, going out, you know, cutting a promo on Eddie Kingston. All in all. What it was um, leading up to was just Chris Jericho accepting the barb barbed wire everywhere match against Eddie Kingston um, for next week. Uh, barbed wire everywhere match um, seems like an okay idea. I'm not. I'm really not down for the match. I really don't care. Have I we seen everyone... this match like uh, that type no. of match? No, we haven't seen this type of match. Um, there was a lot of barbed wire in the Kenny Omega, John Moxley. Uh, match the the first or first one they had the lights out match. Yeah, but that was oh okay uh, you, no you're talking about the exploding barbed wire match. Uh, I felt like uh, no, I was thinking of the lights out match because that's when they like did the suplex into like the bed of barbed wire. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we haven't really seen a match like this before, but I'm not that excited for it. You? Well, I'm not excited for it either just because Chris Jericho's in it. Um, oh, my God. And, and I don't really, I'm not really a fan of barbed wire and shit like that too much. But um, I, when he came out there, he said, like, I stand out here in front of you tonight, like, not as Chris Jericho, the sports entertainer or the wizard. But as, you know, the living legend, I was like, okay, like, this could be good, right? Sounds kind of serious, right? But then he said, and as Ed- Eddie Kingston's superior. So I was like, oh, you know, it's just another bullshit by Chris Jericho in this rivalry. But I don't know, man. It's whatever. Um, I'm probably not going to watch the match, to be honest. I might just kind of skip through it. But um, <laughs> what, I did like, it. what I did like, though, about what he said was that this was going to be the final fight. Which is great. I love it. Get Eddie Kingston the fuck away from this guy. And capitalize on Eddie Kingston, man, while you still can. Like, How do you want to capitalize on him, though? Like, I don't get... I, I, get, I hear everyone say capitalize on Eddie Kingston, but, like, what do you... Like, you want him to be the TNT champion? Like, do you want him to be the world champion? Like, I don't see that for him. I just I don't. don't... I don't... Um, I don't know how old he is, but I know he's not on the younger side. But... Uh, he's so over that he could be the world champion. I know right wow. now it's tough. I know it's tough because CM Punk, Moxley's in the picture now. Kenny Omega's coming back at some point. You have Brian fucking Danielson, who should have been the world champion a long time ago. Yeah. But that's a yes. different story. Um, I know it's tough, man, but put something on him so there's a payoff, like the TNT title or something. I know Warlow has it, but like I don't know, man. It's just He just, just needs better stories that have a better payoff like he just i don't see him maybe he can be a tag team champion i just don't see him being uh, a singles champion i don't maybe you know what you know what i'm 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 lying tnt champion maybe but right now it's not his time because wardlow has it yeah like he would be a good transitional champion (laughs) like that sounds fucked up but that's how i see it i don't see him as like a mainstay like he's our guy like this is the motherfucker no here, we trust you enough to hold on to it till we get our next guy. That's the guy I see in him, not the guy. Well, I think, um, I think honestly, the best match that I've seen him have in AEW was against Chris Jericho, but it was like that first one that they had at the one um, in the pay per view. Was it Full Gear or Revolution or? I think it might have been Full Gear, but I'm I I, I could be wrong, man. I'm bad with these with these um, pay per views. I thought that was the best match he had in AW, but because Chris Jericho was having like that kind of that kind of style of a match where you know you don't have all this other gimmick in it, like you know they had of course um well, they're gonna have with, this... his story with CM Punk was cut off too short. Yes, I think they're gonna they'll revisit that at some point. I think for sure, but he might, that might be his like one title shot for the world title. I can see them revisiting that for CM Punk being a champion. Um, because I felt like that was cut off way too short. Yeah, I I just don't want to see him with Jericho anymore. Uh, and I'm glad that this is supposed to be the final fight. So, um, yeah, man, it's just it's whatever. I mean, I don't get excited about Eddie Kingston matches, but I just think he's super over right now more than as he should be because he's fucking great on the mic. But, uh, yeah, just fuck Chris Jericho, man. Alrighty, okay. So the next thing that happened on there was the John Moxley versus. I I I had it in my head earlier, and you made me fucking I can't remember now. I just see take shit a. Uh, I told you. 
Konosuke, Takashita. Either way, um, they had their match. Um, I thought it was actually a really great match. I know how you said like most of John Moxley's matches are all the same. I felt like the beginning of the match was you saw more of a of like um I felt like you saw something different in John Moxley. Towards the end, he started doing his stay mode stick, but I love that shit, so I don't give a fuck. The one part that got me in this match was was the was Takashita uh, bleeding. I don't see how what Moxley did would make him bleed. What also bothered me, and this might just be my, an issue for me because I know I know too much. Not a, not I don't know everything in the business, but I just know enough of a little bit to to see that he was going in to start the blade job. And I hate that the producers or whoever's running the fucking cameras doesn't at least like, like show him getting hit out of the ring quickly, get the fuck out of there. And I mean, they, if it's a live show, you have a seven second delay, cut that shit out, show something else. Like I hate when I can see someone blatantly going to get the blade. I don't like that. And it's not a fault of the wrestler because that's what they're supposed to do. Maybe they should hide it a little better, but that's not. I don't. I don't see that as an issue on their end. Um, it should be taken care of in production. The TV crew should know better. But um, ooh, that's that's my only gripe about the match. I liked it. Moxley came out on top. Um, wasn't a great match. Um, wasn't an amazing match. I thought it was a, a great match. Not an amazing match. Great match. Liked it. It was just a match for a match, though. There was no story driven behind it at all but i gotta hear regal on commentary so that was dope i like hearing regal on commentary as do i i don't um i didn't think it was a bad match because it's honestly it was it was it was okay but i will say about take a shit uh, that he can fucking go like can um and he has size on him like you mm-hmm. know he looks legit right but um uh, i hope you know they do something with him but moxley uh, like I said before, he has the same match all the time, um, so that's why it wasn't great. I'll just say it was it was it was an all right match, better than some of the other shit on this match, which we'll get to. But um, yeah, man, uh, I like Take a Shitta. Um, <laughs> they take him fucking, you know, they take him seriously in AW, I think, or they yeah. book him that's- seriously for the moment. Um, they're not booking them like fucking, uh, I don't know if you've seen this Japanese wrestler in NXT, but he uses like his jacket to like, uh, it's just ridiculous. I won't even like, get into it. That's his gimmick. I, I, I saw that. That's just his gimmick. Like that's just the gimmick he was given. It's not much he can do, but be like, it's like giving the Stardust characters like here, kid, you're going to do this. And it's just him doing his job. <laughs> like I can't blame them for blame him for that. He's in NXT. I don't know if that was even his gimmick beforehand either. Yeah, I mean, I won't get into that because it's it's a bunch of bullshit. But um, yes, Regal. He said, "I hope CM Punk sat at home, realizing he's got to survive John Moxley now." Mm-hmm. Uh, I I like that they're throwing in something you know here and there about that potential match, but not going all in on it yet because obviously it would diminish the value of anybody going up against moxley until that point Uh, we all know that they're saving the you know that championship with moxley until uh cm punk gets back which i hope is by all out but we'll talk about that more as we get closer yes yes, it was a great match though for me again good match for you 
Um, but the next segment that came along, there was a House of Black vignette. Who gives a shit? They're just talking about Darby Allen, whatever fuck. We'll talk about them later. But um, Christian Cage and Luchasaurus come out to the ring for Luchasaurus match against Griff Garrison. And uh, Christian cuts a promo fucking basically just saying that Brian Pillman would be appalled to know that his final contribution to this business was his son. <laughs> oh, which is great. Like Christian's off. Dude, Christian is just on another level. I love Christian so much. Uh, he's just he's just great. Great at what he does. And then Luchasaurus, Griff Garrison have their match. Um, of course, Luchasaurus wins. And dang, dude, the, the ending of that, um, the table spot, I felt so bad for Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, the, he, so he gets put onto the table, the, the, the ringside table. Um, Garrison is choke slammed on top of him, but the table does not give. It yeah. does not break. It's just it's solid. And then fucking Luchasaurus just says, "Fuck it, I'm gonna do it again. This table's gonna break." And he and it breaks the second time. I'm sure that didn't hurt as much as the first one. But <laughs> damn, dude, what a good segment! It was it was so it was great. It was a great um, little segment there. Dude, on that spot, Pillman like um, after they hit him with the first choke slam. And he mm-hmm. was like laying there, and he was kind of. I, th- I think he was like, "Damn, that shit didn't break." And then he just started selling it, like he started shaking his shit until they finally, you know, did the second yeah. one. But uh, yeah, that was weird. But um, dude, Christian, <laughs> fucking great. I I told you when it happened that it was a great promo, but it ended kind of weird. I thought it was weird. I don't know why. Like when he said, "Doesn't he look like you know Jungle Boy?" Which is true. Yeah, uh, but I thought it was weird how they like just looked at each other and then they just kind of like went to they the ring. charged the ring, right? They like stormed yeah. to the ring. Um, yeah, like they were just like, let's fuck this guy up because he looks like Jungle Boy. Which yeah, that's a weird thing. And I didn't hear a reaction when they said the Jungle Boy thing with um with uh fucking Griff Garrison. It didn't seem like there was much of a reaction there, but um I won't think too much into it though. Um, because you enjoy the storyline though, that's why. Like, I think the reason why they even brought up Jungle Boy, though, is just to... I know it's not hard for people to forget, but maybe just in case they wanted to... And this is all speculation. I don't know anything. Um, maybe just to keep Jungle Boy in the mindset of the, of the viewer and the fans and be like, hey, like, we still... We, we don't like this motherfucker. Like, we still... We, he's gone. And I don't think his injury is actually as bad as they make it seem like, oh, he's out, of, out with an injury. I feel like he's out maybe just to rest a little bit. And maybe bulk up, maybe bulk up, come back a little bigger, better, stronger, you know, to go on yeah. and face Christian. Um, who knows? I just, I can't wait for, I, I mean, I can wait. This story is, is make me want to, um, can make me come back every single week. So this is by far my favorite storyline going on right now. I have to agree. Um, before we move on, are we going to talk about, uh, there was like a John Silver and Adam Silvers or whatever the fuck his name is. It was a that... Hangman promo with Adam Silver and whatever the face um, came into the promo oh. upset. I don't really, yeah, I, I don't want to see John Silver on this television show anymore. And I don't want to see Adam Silvers or I think that's his name or the no, other Adam, guy. That's with... Adam Silvers from Raw. That's Adam Pierce. I think that's who you're thinking about, though. There's no other silver but John Silver. No, it's Adam and and John Silver, no? What's his name? Let me see. Oh, Reynolds. Adam Reynolds? <laughs> I don't know, dude. 
Alex Reynolds, I've seen it now. What the fuck? Um, yeah, that's how irrelevant he is to me, man. Um, I yeah, don't want to see them on my TV, they, man. The problem is, is that the Dark Order is not anything anymore. Like, they aren't really what they used to be when, when you know, fucking um, Brody Lee was there. And now we're just seeing John Silver and the Reynolds dude um, as they were when they first started AEW. Just two guys that you put in a tag to wrestle against. And that's, it's just kind of sad. It sucks. It's, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, but yeah, uh, don't want to get into that, to that too much. Cause it's not really that, that big a deal, but the next match that comes out, um, is Claudio versus Jake Hager, which, um, Jim Ross was announced to come out for this match. Um, I guess he's going to start doing like the second hour of AEW. It might just be too big of a load for him to do the whole thing. Um, the whole thing of AEW. So they probably just bringing them out. Um, they said it was for a boost for the show. Um, I think that might be an answer they gave Jim Ross or Jim Ross is giving the people because that's what he said. Um, but I also think it's just because Jim Ross is a little older. He's, his health isn't at that great. I feel like sitting there for, what, five hours, six hours maybe sometimes for a show is something he just can't do consistently. So well, he does rampage and he does um uh sometimes well he did rampage this week. I think there's been some weeks when he hasn't done rampage, but um yeah. And of course he's not on dark, but still I mean it takes a toll and it it, it makes him feel a little more special I think if he only comes out for the second hour, kind of like yes. how WCW used to hype up that second hour of Nitro, they'd have like fireworks mid through the show. But um yeah, it's it's whatever, man. Yeah, man, and um match though, fucking Claudio and Jake Hager. Former best friends or whatever you want to call them. We the people chance. That was fucking great, I thought. Yeah, man, it it well, yeah, it was great. I, I kinda made a joke on Twitter just saying like uh we interrupt your broadcast to bring you a WWE match. Um, <laughs> I don't give a fuck, dude. They're, they're two WWE guys, and they had like a uh, a decent tag team that maybe should have won a tag team title, just because they were so over at the time um, with the fans with the We the People shit. Um, but it was a great match. It was actually a lot better than their run in during um, Blood and Guts. Blood and Guts was is just an awkward kind of free for all. I enjoyed that match still though, but this one was was great. The only thing that I have a problem with in this match. And it, it happened in the main event also. But the only thing that I had a problem with is that at one point, 2.0 came out um, to the ring. They distracted Claudio. And Jake catches him with a boss man slam. Um, and a cover for two, and he doesn't win. Doesn't win. Um, my problem with this is that I feel like there's so little people that I feel like they try to cheat so many times in AEW, and it never works. It's like, what's the point of cheating in AEW if it never yeah. works? Like, no one ever wins from a cheat, from like cheating. Um, it's either MJF used to win from cheating, and if it was like a big, big payoff, then someone would probably kick out of it. For the most part, though, when MJF cheated, he won. On occasion, when Jericho would cheat, he would win. But I feel like for the majority of most bad guys there, Young Bucks um, are big on this. I feel like it happens with the Young Bucks. Almost all the fucking time, especially with their heel run, they'll cheat and they won't win. It does not matter. Yeah. 
Yeah, man, you're right. Um, like, what the fuck is even the point of it? Um, yeah, I mean, I honestly, I forgot that even fucking happened. Um, I thought it was a good match, though. Uh, I won't say it's great because I feel like that word gets thrown around a lot nowadays with wrestling matches. But um, I think uh, it was great seeing them in the ring. I don't, I know, you know what you said about them being former WWE guys, but I liked it. I was. For some reason, I was interested to see how they were going to book the match because I just feel like Jake Hager hasn't had a lot of singles matches in AEW. And I and I feel like that's because he's like supposed to be an undefeated like he's undefeated in MMA in real life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he wouldn't want to lose um, singles matches because then it'd be like, well, you know, this guy beat me. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too much into it, but uh I think it depends on the opponent because for the most part he doesn't lose um, and the situation too. But I feel like Claudio is just someone that and it's okay to lose the Claudio because he's just fucking strong. He's legitimate. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. thinking. But that's why I was interested to see it. Uh, they were saying, you know, Jim Ross was saying how um, you know, back in WWE he didn't say WWE right, but he said that there was a lot of, they saw a lot in him potential um you know taz said that they checked all the boxes both guys cesaro and jake hager um you know they have what what it takes to be you know a a top star but i just can't help but feel like jake hager is the biggest wasted potential ever and that's because cesaro was in that ring with him and he hasn't been booked um you know in the best way in the past but I think Hager has been booked better than Cesaro because he was the world champion in fucking WWE, but it didn't amount to anything. And like, I don't know, man. I just feel like Jake Hager is of the biggest wasted potential ever. Can you name somebody else that that had that much potential? He's got size, he's got speed. He, I think he could talk. I mean, he sounds convincing when he would talk. He could come off as an asshole i think but um he was not his talk he was horrible but if they gave him what to say i feel like he could deliver it i'm not saying he would be fucking roddy piper but they 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 did give him what to say you know in wwe everything was scripted i didn't notice it as much maybe it's because i was younger or something but i didn't think it was like terrible like that he was trash buddy he was trash on the mic. He, he and the speed. Yeah, he had size. He had the athleticism and the size. Yeah, for sure. But he did not have the mic skills whatsoever. And he's um, a he's a wrestler. Like in uh, in college, he was he's an all American. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a real athlete. But that's the problem. Like his problem for sure was his talking. Like that was for sure his downfall in WWE. Because even now, like even some of the promos that he's cut in AEW, like the little amount of co- promos that he's cut haven't been the smoothest. They're not. They're not horrible. They're not shitty, but they're not the best. They're definitely not the best. That's why he doesn't talk half the time. He's just standing there. He's just the enforcer. He's not meant to talk. Um, But Cesaro or Claudio, whatever you want to call him, I mean, for me in the beginning, he probably didn't have like the best promos because I think he was always trying to play a character and not his his actual self. I feel I felt like towards the end, whenever he was just kind of shooting a promo or saying something, and he was more himself, it was a lot more smoother. 
Still not right. the greatest, but it was still a lot, I feel like, better than Hager's. And that's the thing I see about Cesaro. I think Cesaro actually has was wasted more in WWE than Hager because he wasn't even given a chance at a world title. While Hager was given the chance and just floundered it. But he was also very green when they gave him the chance. So it was a little bit unfair for him. So it's a toss-up. I wouldn't say Hager's the, wor- like the most um, wasted talent. I feel like Cesaro's a little more wasted more of a wasted talent than Hager. Hell, I think Tyson Kidd's more of a wasted talent than fucking Hager. Well, well, I mean, I don't know about that, but... <laughs> but, <laughs> but Tyson it's, Kidd it's all, Huh? I thought Tyson Kidd was uh, highly underrated, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's all preference, though. But, I mean, great match regardless. I uh, can't say anything bad about it other than the part I didn't like. It didn't take me out of the match completely. I still enjoyed the match. Um, that's just something I noticed about AEW that I really, really dislike. Um, but the next match we had Anna Jay versus Serena Deeb. Um, what was this for? I felt like this was for something. I think it was this for... Just because Anna Jay is from Georgia. Oh, okay, it makes sense why she lost. I don't want to talk about this match too much, man. It wasn't a great match. Um, I think Serena Deeb is going to be facing off against Martinez for the Ring of Honor title. I think that's actually what the match is for. Um, and then Anna Jay, she sucks. That's all I can say. Yeah, man. She's the fucking shits. And I think uh, after the match, they did like a thing where Ty Conti told her, you need to make some better choices. Think about it. So I don't know if they're going to align her with her. It's kind of similar to what Anna Jay did to her. When Anna Jay was in the Dark Order, I see. Yeah, I remember so when that storylines kind of seems like that. I I feel like it was. I know Anna Jay got into the Dark Order, then she tried to. I feel like it was Ty Conti. She tried getting in. Um, are they Are they gonna make um a women's tag division? Because earlier we saw um fucking Th- what's her name Thunder um. And Rosa and um, and Tony, and Tony Storm, Storm, Thunderstorm, Thunderstorm, and then what if they put like Anna J with um, Ty Conti again, uh, and then of they course just, Jamie Hader and Britt Baker. They just need to worry about getting making sure that all the women are stars, than trying to make a tag team division. They got they don't have enough top stars for a singles division to have a fucking tag team division. But you know they'll do it. You know they'll do it though. But moving on from that, um, after that, we had our main event, which was um, Ricky Starks, uh, Absolute Ricky Stark and Powerhouse Hobbs versus Swerve in Our Glory, which is Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland versus Young Bucks uh, for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Let me slow you down, buddy. What what about Jay Lethal coming out, said he's going to embarrass Samoa Joe at death before dishonor? Eh. Jay Lethal, man, he's fucking great. But I mean, it was cool, but uh, it's just hard to get behind this story um, for me, just because. Uh, and it's, I guess, it's no fault of AEW at this point, but whatever Samoa Joe's doing, like we haven't seen Samoa Joe on TV since when? Since they basically um, jumped him backstage after the pay per view at Forbidden Door. Do you think he's hurt again? Um, no, I think he's doing that fucking movie thing. 
Oh, okay. Never mind then. But I don't. Yeah. I don't. I think they said he was injured, but I think it's more because he was announced for that Twisted Metal movie. So I think he's doing that. Oh, I see. Well, uh, I'm gonna watch the match just because I like both guys. But um, yeah. Let's just move on. <laughs> <It's okay>. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, but yeah, we have the main event. Um, absolute Ricky Starks. Um, well, Hobbs. Uh, fuck it. You know, the main event. I said it earlier. <laughs> but um, this match was actually pretty fucking great. I thought. Um, I think this was better than the match that... I don't think these three were in it, but it was better than the match that was on Forbidden Door um, with Swerve Strickland, whatever the fuck. Like, I don't know. It's just been the better tag team title match that I saw. Um, I really enjoyed it. The one part that pissed me off again, though, was the cheating part. But goddamn, I think honestly, what what made this match so great for me was also the ending, because all like the the fucking you know false finishes that happened throughout this whole match, you know, it, it, it's a staple when it comes to the young bucks. Young bucks always have like a match that has twenty, thirty different fucking false finishes, and they end up winning. So to have that surprise at the end with all of the glitz and glamour in, the, in between really made this match great like for me because I got to see all the awesome spots, all the false finishes, and instead of being like, well, here we go, Young Bucks going to win again, they literally swerved us and fucking Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee actually won the AEW Tag Team titles. I honestly would have seen Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs being champions before they were champions. And I can only see that this is going to somehow destroy within itself. I'm sure they're going to ruin their own tag championships because they can't work together, which is fine by me because this is just more stories that could be told. And I'm excited to see what happens with them next. So I really do hope that they show up on the next Dynamite and we we keep going with this. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this title run. Even if I know it's gonna probably end in shambles. Yeah, man, that was I, honestly shocking. Uh, I honestly want to go back and watch it again just because of the fact that I didn't watch the first half of it. Um, I honestly was skimming through it because I'm like, this is gonna turn into some fucking tornado tag at some point, and it's it's a young bucks match, so you know it's gonna happen. Um, I didn't start watching it fully until after the commercial. Um, but dude, I thought it was over the first false finish that Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland were yeah. gonna get the. And I thought it was over then, and then when too. they when they didn't get it, I'm like, yeah, Young Bucks are gonna retain. But then, dude, Powerhouse Hobbs looked like a fucking beast. Like, yep. when he was doing those fucking power bombs, and then he did a frog splash. And Jim Ross said, that's the biggest frog splash I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> man, dude, did you see the fucking, the, the distance that he had to jump? Like, dude was on the other side of the ring. Like, it's fucking crazy. But, yeah. Uh, Hobbs got hops. Yeah, and dude, I honestly, I didn't think they were going to put the titles on them. Not right now. But I thought, they, you know, how can they not, though? Because, like. They're not going to be a team forever. They're not one of those teams that's going to be a team forever. No. You know, you know that Swerve's going to you know turn on Keith Lee at some point. Um, 
So that's why it was a shock to me. But, you know, when they're doing their entrance and shit like that, I'm like, man, these guys could be the tag champs, you know? But I just didn't see how they would do it. And then they just pulled the trigger on it, which was crazy. Um, I just wish they would have gotten a longer celebration at the end. Because, like, as soon as the match ended, the fucking fireworks... Or not the fireworks, the, the confetti just fucking came out. And then they had, what, like, 15, 20 seconds that showed them there. And then that was it. The show was fucking over. And I'm like, what? Well, like, come on. They... They went over in time, bro. By the time it was actually finished, yeah, it was did. past 9 o'clock. Um, well, we should have put Anna J on the show. <laughs> yeah, they shouldn't have. Fuck Anna J. Damn. Um, but, <laughs> um, but, I mean, I think they, they did end up um, posting somewhere, like, the ending um, of them celebrating. I think Keith Lee had a little bit of a, a thing to say. Um, oh, really? I haven't seen that. Yeah, I didn't watch it either, though. Well, um, this is the thing. They should have showed that on Rampage, but instead they show other bullshit on that show. But um, they should have cut the Ty Con the sorry, I was gonna say Ty Conti, uh, the Anna J match, and they should have just showed the Ty Conti segment after because we already know Anna J is a fucking loser, so you don't have to show a match for her <laughs> to be seen as a loser just to make it out that backstage segment like. She could have just went up to her like, hey, I know it's been tough for you lately. Like, we know it's been tough. She's a fucking loser. So, like, yeah, why have that match? But <laughs> I just wanted to bring that up. But, yeah, yeah man, no. I do want to go back and watch it some more um, fully again because I felt like I didn't give it um, it's fair shake, fair shake. A, a good chance, you know, yeah. a fair chance. No, so. definitely, definitely. And, and so after that, it, it was um, all in all, there was enough good matches in that, in that uh, Dynamite. In my in my opinion, I know you didn't enjoy all the matches like all of the matches that I enjoyed, but it was enough good matches for me to be okay with that dynamite. It was better dynamite than most weeks. Um, I don't. It didn't start it. I'll say that. Okay, that's good. That's good. Now moving a little along to dynamite, um, not dynamite. Moving a little <laughs> along to rampage, AEW rampage. Um, the show actually kicked off with, um, the house of black taking on the dark order, John Silver and Alex Reynolds. And this is what I was telling you a little earlier, like it's kind of similar to where they were when they first started. It wasn't a horrible match though. I think John Silver and Alex Reynolds are really good at putting people over. They're real just, ah, they make other people look good winning. And that's exactly what they did. I feel like they made House of Black look good. Darby Allen came out at the end to attack um, Brody King and Sting and and um, Malachi had a weird stare off. Um, that was just a little awkward for me. I didn't really care for that. It's just hard to see Darby <laughs> Allen also attacking someone so big without a weapon. <laughs> like I feel like he should have been hitting him with a, with a fucking skateboard. And why do you have to jump off the fucking thing? Like, that's so well, unnecessary. Like, wait, no, that makes all the sense in the world. Who's okay? How big is Darby Allen? A hundred pounds. And how fucking big is Brody King? I know, but like, that's why Darby Allen has to jump off of things to hit people because he's so <laughs> tiny. The <laughs> only way that the only way that he's gonna hurt somebody is throwing himself his whole ass body at somebody. It's like getting a hundred pound weight and fucking just throwing that shit at somebody. That's gonna hurt a big dude. Don't give a fuck who you are. And so he's gonna throw his whole ass body at Brody King. That's the only way he's gonna be able to attack him. 
I like that in Darby Allen. Like Darby Allen's moveset makes sense because he's too small to actually legitimately hurt someone. The after part is the problem I had with it when he's just jumping on his back and he's still winning. That makes no sense. This was crazy. On Wednesday, I wrote Dar- this Darby thing with the House of Black is interesting. And then by the time I saw Rampage, I was like, this thing's stupid. Uh, <laughs> Brody King might as well just be fucking labeled as 300 pounds of dog shit. And Darby didn't need to jump off that thing, man. It would have been better if he would have just rushed him or something and then getting his ass kicked. That would have made more sense. At least he had heart to rush him like that, even though it's not the smartest thing to do. Well, but um, The problem with that, too, to actually enjoy this segment, and this is an issue with AEW. I didn't have an issue with the spot because I saw it. But um, oh, during the week... At a signing at some clothing store, Brody Lee actually attacked um, um, Darby Allen. Like he attacked him, he did a, he did a power bomb to a t- onto a table. Like there was a cheap shot already that was made, so him cheap shotting Brody King back is kind of fitting at for what shop. happened. Yeah, like at, at a at like a like a signing that Darby Allen was at. Well, that's nice. Um... Yeah, man. Uh, I don't give a shit about the House of Black. Talk about Malachi what? Black when he came into the company. I thought it was hype as fuck, man. The way he came in, fucked up Cody, and then he lost to Cody, and then it just you know was downhill from there. Um, I thought it was interesting when Buddy came in, but then now I don't give a shit anymore again. So well, let's see because I was I was in the same boat that you're in, but then. The next segment got me like, oh, like, what can that look like? Because the next segment was actually a, a pre-tape of Miro. And damn, dude, he, his, like, the pre-tape promos that Miro gets, gets to do are fucking awesome. They're and fucking I like the video. Because in the video, if you look at him, other videos, it's just like a shadowed, a shadowed area. And it's just him talking. Like You could see his full face. But on this one... It was a bright contrast on one half of his face and like completely dark on the second half of his face because the promo is basically him like not sure what the House of Black is, is to him. And it kind of plays on to the whole like when Malachi Black blows the black mist in someone's face, they kind of change a little bit. And so Miro and this. Oh, when did he fucking hit Miro with that? Why don't I remember that? That was during the Forbidden Door match. Uh, okay. And uh, so that happened during the Forbidden Door match. That's how Miro didn't end up winning the match. Um, so now he's talking about if the House of Black is somebody that God put in front of him as an obstacle or for them to recruit him. So it's like he doesn't know whether or not God is putting the House of Black there for him to fight or for him to just join and fuck shit up with. So it kind of made me interested in this possible storyline of Miro joining the House of Black or, or maybe joining with Darby Allen and Sting to, att- to defeat them. or I don't know. I don't care what Miro does at this point because I love all his fucking promos and it makes me want to watch him because he's just a beast in the ring. And his promos are awesome to watch. So I don't care what he does because he better be doing good shit because that's what he deserves. But that's, that's why I said I don't care because he does good shit no matter what you give it to him. But you don't want to put him with shit people like the House of Black. He better not join 
the House of Black. I hope you're not thinking that that could be a good idea, possibly, because it I, wouldn't be. I'm thinking that if Miro had his way to do stuff, because it looks like Miro has a lot of control over what his character does and how he does it. So I'm not saying that him joining it blindly, you know, I'm just saying, like, I think that he can do something with it. I don't think he would join the, the House of Black and stay in there very long. That's the thing. I don't see that happening. I don't see him being a mainstay in the House of Black. I see it being a story, though, where he would maybe join and then realize that God didn't put me here to join them. God put me here to destroy them from within. And then he fucks them all up. But okay, like, that, that, the way you put it there, that could be interesting. But I still don't want to see it. Him and Darby and Sting versus them makes sense. But that's just another six-man tag we have to watch and bear through. Um... But yeah, uh, I don't even want Miro near these guys, but hey, here we go. Yep, so we have that going on. And then after that, we see the Jonathan Gresham versus Lee Moriarty. Um, I didn't watch Rampage last week. I liked that they did the recap, but I actually dig that um, Jonathan Gresham actually joined the Tully Blanchard Enterprises. Um, it just, I don't know. I, I like it. I dig it. Uh, Tully Blanchard should be with top guys, and John and the Gresham is supposed to be seen as a top guy. I like the uh, the match started off kind of slow. Um, there were some odd spots I thought in the very beginning of the match. Um, it was just more me nitpicking way too much, probably. But the second half of the match picked up, and it was fucking awesome. It was pretty great. Um, again, his promo at the end wasn't amazing, but I liked the idea of it that he's going to be kind of, he's tired of being not being on TV. He said he's going to show up on every rampage going forward. Yeah. Which I dug that. I think that's, that should be absolute. He's a, he's a world champion. Yeah. And so he should be shown on TV. He should be on national TV. So put him on rampage every week. I want to see this shit. And for a while we were just getting Samoa Joe. I'm like, where's the world champion? Like it felt like Samoa Joe was the world champion out of this company that he that Tony Khan bought, but uh, I like Jonathan Gresham. I wish he was a little taller, but <laughs> yeah. I, still, I can still get behind him. But uh, I'm interested. I'm interested to see the match with Claudio. That mm. should be good. Um, but I don't think they'll take it off Gresham right now. I think I what know. they're gonna. I think they will actually take it off him. I think they're probably gonna hold off because I don't know when. When is all out? Uh, early yeah. September. Early September? Okay, so they're going to... For me, what I'm thinking now, we're what, mid... We're mid-July when this started between him, um, uh, Claudio, and Gresham. So I see them pushing maybe this storyline all the way until All Out for, for Cesaro, to, or Cesaro, Claudio, to win it at All Out. Um, but he, like now he has Tully Blanchard's Enterprises to, actually, to have to go through. Like, there's people that he can wrestle that are not Jonathan Gresham. And I feel like there's a story there that can be told that can make it worth Claudio winning it at ring of at, at all out. Yeah. Um, I could see that. Uh, Cesaro is not a bad guy to put it on, uh, but I think it's still early right now because knowing AEW will get that match in like a week or two. Knowing uh, them. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, 
I could see that being like the main event for Rampage, doing a backstage thing with Mark Henry, but um, I don't. They're not gonna milk it. You know, they don't really do. Even though they do say long term st- storytelling, they really don't, bro. Um, but yeah. Uh, before we get to the last, the next match, Christopher Daniels, rare sighting of him. Like, apparently he's threatening Jay Lethal that if he doesn't keep uh, Samoa Joe, I don't know why he's defending him besides the fact that they're friends, but. Um, I guess we're just supposed to know that they are friends, unless you've watched TNA. But um, I don't want to see Christopher Daniels wrestle anymore. Um, he needs to stop. And I thought that was pretty pointless. I don't know if you were gonna bring this up, but I, I wanted to point that out. Yeah, it was a little weird, a little promo. Um, it was just odd to see Christopher for Daniels. Um, he even had the little contact. Um, so he's supposed to be his character, I guess. The the fallen angel. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was just weird. It's just random. That's I mean, why, I- like that's why the storyline doesn't make sense between Jay Lethal and and Samoa Joe. They don't. I don't know. It's just not being told in a way that I can enjoy. I'm not saying that it's not uh, that no one can enjoy this type of storytelling. Um, I just can't get behind it 100. percent Um. It's just I don't think it's that great. I disagree uh, completely with you, but um, then that's because both those guys are probably you know one of the more better workers in the company uh, at the moment. But mm-hmm. in my opinion, but yeah, Christopher Daniels, um, I'm all for giving him his flowers, but you know right now he shouldn't be wrestling anymore. He could barely even wrestle the last time we saw him in a <laughs> in, you know in a run, but he's like Matt Hardy, man. He could barely even fucking stand, I feel. Um it's it's hard to watch, but yeah. Let's move yeah. on from this Let's trash. Move on from this. So the next match was a squash match, which I'm all for sometimes. Um not all the time, but when they do it, I like it. Um Athena and Chris Statlander defeated the Renegade Twins for two people who probably should not be in the ring. At all, <laughs> the the girl that was getting like beat up by Athena had like no facial like expression whatsoever. She was getting beat up. She reminded me of a character from the WWE No Mercy. You know how they just have like a st- stagnant face. That's how she looked all the time. Her face did not move. It was fucking weird. And, but it was just a squash match, so I didn't give a shit too much. The only problem that I had um, with this whole fucking segment was. Um, that chick came out, Layla Layla Gray. She goes to the ring. She's like, y'all ain't shit. Fuck y'all. Y'all smell like pussy. And so they bring her in. They beat her. They start beating her up. And then fucking Jade Cargo's music starts playing. And so this is two on two. This is Chris Statlander and Athena. And they have the upper hand because they're the ones standing up in the ring. Jade Cargo and, and the other chick, um, Kara Hogan, they go and going to the ropes to get in the ring, and somehow they get on, they, they're the ones who are on top? Like, it would make more sense if they wanted to play the music, then the music hits, and they come from behind. Or there's no music whatsoever, then they come in and beat them up. How can you come into the ring, them knowing that they're coming to the ring, both of them all waiting and shit, like fucking double dutch, <laughs> and then they still lose. They were sprinting uh, to the ring while the music played. I'm like... I always think it's stupid how they play the music sometimes just for them to come out, especially when it's done with the baby face. Like, 
it just makes it seem like they're an asshole. Like, oh, hey, play my music, or I can't come out there. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but yeah. it, it was stupid, man. It's just one of those fucking afterbirth fucking, you know, matches that they always do with any fucking thing they ever do. But um, hey, those two girls are they the daughters of the WCW Renegade? Have you ever seen the WCW Renegade? No, nah, I didn't see that. He's like the ripoff of the Ultimate Warrior. Oh, which one? Um, oh, the Renegades. The Renegades. The, the Renegades sisters are like that. <laughs> maybe, maybe, dude. Because <laughs> they were horrible. They were shit. Um, so you <laughs> might be onto something there. But uh, moving on a little bit. So in the back, we actually saw that um, Stokely Hathaway um, is trying to recruit Lee Moriarty. And then Matt, Matt Seidel, who is Lee Moriarty's manager is like, hey, I got a great opportunity for him. Fuck that. And he takes his card, throws it away. He's like, <laughs> listen to this one, buddy. All right, me, your manager, I'm going to get you a match with somebody I'm already managing. This is a great opportunity for you. Believe me. So they are really <laughs> putting it in that fucking Matt Seidel sucks as a manager. He can only get him to wrestle other people that he manages. So <laughs> that's fucking great. Weren't Lee Moriarty and um, fucking Dante Martin um a team at one point like they had a match like a team like they i don't might, know they it's might have been it, <laughs> i think it's i think it's good because it is kind of uh it is basically just pushing the storyline that that stokely hathaway is in and it is end up gonna get lee moriarty to be in his um in his deal it kind of seems like it could be like that so it's Dude. dumb i see what they're trying to do i think it's okay um there's also something about the last segment, but I don't want to get into that. Well, um, I just want to say that Matt Seidel, um, he should have never signed on fully. They should have never gotten him like as a full-time guy on the roster. Like Maybe just as a one-off or two or three, you know, him putting over other guys. But, dude, I mean, just get him out of here, man. Like I don't want to even see him anymore. Like um, He's not credible. Um He's not even young anymore, so like I don't know what are they even doing with this guy. Like that's what they're doing. They're making him a clown, bro. He's a clown manager. Don't you see it? His nose is there and everything. They're all clowns, <laughs> even fucking Dante Martin. Uh, yeah, a little bit. All right. So the next segment I was actually looking forward to. It was the the ass families, as they call it on this thing. The Gun Club came out to the ring, cut a little bit of a promo. Eh, Billy Gun's not too great on the fucking mic, but I mean, who gives a shit? He does. Does what he does is still credible. Still makes me want to watch him. So I don't give a fuck. Um, but yeah, he cuts the promo. They're just saying that you know he treated the acclaim better than he treated his kids. And as he was getting into the promo, the acclaim come walking out. They go to the ring, and then Billy stops them. And I thought that he was gonna try to convince them. And I actually thought it was gonna go this route just so they can milk it, just maybe just a little bit more. But man, I thought Billy was gonna be like, hey, hey, I. I had to show you tough love like I showed my sons. I felt like everyone was just not, like, you know, just trying to kind of turn it around to be like, come back, let's, let's make up, let's keep this going, just to turn on them later on. Again, like, even worse. I don't know. That seemed like a good idea in my head. Um, what ended up happening was he says, everyone wants to see this one last time. And he's like, scissor me, daddy ass. And Bowens hits him with a fucking uh, super kick. They beat the gun club up out of the ring. Uh, Billy Gunn still called himself Daddy Ass during this thing, which I actually I hope he keeps doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
I don't know. They they cut a promo. They kind of cut a an acapella. You know, it's a freestyle uh, promo after that. It was okay. I don't know. It's just uh, I felt like there should have been more. It was cool. I liked it just because I liked the acclaim. Um, but it really didn't do anything. Like I don't understand. It's just gonna set up a match, and then what happens after that match? Like, where does this lead any of the teams? Nowhere. And I thought yeah. they were gonna. I thought the acclaim was gonna like. Okay, yeah, we'll scissor you, daddy. And then, um, then the fucking ass boys would just, you know, attack them in that point and, and milk it longer, build some more heat. But, uh, no, that did not happen. But I'm not, not mad about it, but I just thought that it was going to be better for yeah. some reason. But, uh, hey, it, as long as the acclaim gets a title run at some point, that's all I care about. And the ass boys yeah. are great, by the way. But yeah, they have. Yeah ways to go before they're in a title run kind of you know spot i heard i heard that billy gunn is actually trying to get road dog um into aw um i guess though you know brian armstrong will be his name maybe when he goes in there but um i kind of hope that they do huh can he be brian james he could be that too he probably brian james or bga wasn't he or yeah, he just used his real name, so I don't know. Because that's just his first and middle name, so it's like Brian James Anderson. But um, go on, which one you're saying? What, what are they? Uh... Uh, so Billy Gunn's trying to get in there. I think it'd actually be good for um, him to go into AEW. Um, maybe help a little bit with Kid, not too much. I, I honestly would rather see him in as a talent and actually be the voice um, for uh, the Gun Club or the Ass Boys uh, because he can actually talk on the mic if given the chance to and do what they're trying to do because right. I get what they're trying to do. It could work for them. I think he can either help either being on camera or just being there with them to help them. He just, he should probably just be a coach. Honestly, is he still a producer for WWE or no? No, no, he got, he got let go of that. Um, I think the beginning of the year, um, oh, so he's not doing anything then. No, he just has his podcast, which is great. Honestly, I really enjoy that podcast, but, um, yeah, anyways, that was just it. And then, enough, enough of this other talk. It's time for the main event. Anyway. That nobody wanted. Uh, dude, you know what? I was like, you know what? This could be a pretty decent match. You know, yeah, no one did want it. It made sense on why they were fighting. Um, the pre-promo with Andrade and, and um, what the fuck is their name? Private Party. Um, <laughs> it was weird. I don't, I don't know what was happening. Uh, it it sounded like Andrade was like talking shit to Lucha Bros, and then they cut him off and said, "Hey, we don't want to do that. We just want to bring love." And it's like, what? I was like, "Are they gonna turn on him?" And then they go into the ring, and they start being like heels. It's like I don't understand what the fuck they're doing. And then, like, the match starts off, and then I don't know what happened, but it just started falling apart. It just, just falling. Sorry, I, what'd you say though? It was falling. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but like, yeah, it was just falling apart. Like, I don't, I don't know what happened. Like, what was going on? Um, it just turned into a shit show. Like, someone wasn't like there was just no communication. They didn't understand each other. I don't know what was going on, but I don't know, what man. Did you expect, man? Like, I'm. I was fortunate enough not to watch this match. 
Um, I wasn't going to watch this match because Private Party has been ruined for me for a long time now. And honestly, it's sad that the Lucha Bros are getting to that point with me too, man. I love Ray Phoenix on his own. I haven't been excited about, uh, about Penta in a long time, it feels like. And uh, Alex Sabrahante is like, I thought he was great at first, but then he started doing the spooky shit. And then... Um, he doesn't yeah. even do that no more. I would hope not, because it's fucking horrible. But He uh, did that like one time, and then once Ray Phoenix came back, he like stopped doing it. They were doing it for like at least a month or two, man. Like okay, okay, he, they were doing it forever, however long that that character even started, and uh, to the point to where Ray Phoenix came back. Because then once he came back, he just did the split suit kind of deal, like where one side's white, one side's black. I don't know. I didn't watch this match, so I'm not gonna critique it. Uh, if you said it, was it a bad match, dude. Part, it was so I'll believe you because that's what I was expecting, and that's exactly why I didn't watch it because I knew it was gonna happen. But yeah, uh, man, I don't get what they do. Well, what private party is doing? Like, are they, are they not trying to get better? I, I feel like it's an issue with private party more than it is an issue with the Lucha Bros because they have matches with a whole bunch of other people that they can do like really well. Like the matches, at least, are still good. Now, will the storyline behind it be very good? No, because most times the storyline behind the Lucha Bros sucks. Whoever's trying to write for the Lucha Bros, they're fucking failing. You were gonna say about uh, Prior Party? Are they trying not to get better? <laughs> like, yeah, they're not trying to get better at all. Is what um, it, what it seems like. Yeah, it does, dude. Like they they don't <laughs> seem like they're getting any better. Like, like what the fuck? Well, the one dude's actually pretty good, but um, I don't know their names. <laughs> um, Mark Quinn and um, Isaiah Cassidy. I think it's Quinn. Wait, which one's Quinn? Was the, Quinn the one with the crazy hair? Yeah. Okay, then it's Cassidy. Cassidy just sucks. He looks fake. Like his shit. He just needs to get tighter. I don't know, man. It just they there was a something happened in the match and it just fucking started falling apart. I don't know what happened, but like if you were to watch it, you would notice it like right away. Watch it. Like and it, it's not even like a like they just botched like a move. It's like literally from one sequence to the next. It's like they didn't know what was happening anymore. Like they forgot the damn match. I, I, I don't know. I I used to like how he would scream like in the matches. Thought it was funny, but now it's just just the uh, fact that for me, I don't even care for it anymore. I don't think he does that anymore. Well, he didn't do it in this match. I don't think. But yeah, it was a horrible ending to. An otherwise great show for me. Like it wasn't too bad of a show. I do want to point out two things uh about AEW before we move on to our next our last segment here. But um what the fuck was the former AEW world champion Adam Page wearing on fucking dynamite? I thought fucking Chuck Fuck Taylor was back out there with that fucking <laughs> shirt he had on. I was like, What are you doing, buddy? But um I thought that was ridiculous, and I also yeah. think Daniel Garcia is ridiculous. He doesn't know how to cut a promo. He doesn't feel natural to me. His pauses were noticeable in that backstage promo he did, and it, it looks like he's like talking or he's reading off something. And I don't know. I just wanted to point those two things out because it's just ridiculous. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, I didn't really honestly when Daniel Garcia came out on TV. I I did not watch 
kind of don't care about him. Um, and then, yeah, I thought the same thing about Adam Page. I was like, what the fuck is he wearing? It looks like a big-ass Sherbert. Um, they ruined Daniel Garcia by, you know, putting him on, like, every fucking show and then having him get beat before he even got in Jericho's group. Like, this guy could have been, yeah. like, used, like, Hook, where he's beating all these jobbers and he's fucking getting to a point where maybe we could take him seriously, but no... Yes, you're having him in high-profile matches with, like, Moxie or whoever the fuck. But he's losing, like, um, I don't know. It's just, I just wanted to point that out because he's fucking... It was it was the socks that did it for me. It looked ridiculous. And then I just yeah. could not take him seriously after them, after them socks. Uh, yeah, but... it's, it's whatever, man. But all in all, it was a good week for AW. There was a lot more good that I saw than there was bad for me. So... Not too bad. If I was going to rate it off of 10 stars, I'd give it like a 6. Uh, I won't even rate it. I'll just say there's been better shows than this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're going to go ahead and go into our next segment. Uh, we're just going to have a little bit of fun here to end it off. Uh, everyone talks about Mount Rushmore's. We always got the big Mount Rushmore. You know, you can either take Hogan or 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 uh, Ric Flair. Everyone has their own fucking Mount Rushmore. Mine. Um, top one, Ric Flair, uh, John Cena, Stone Cold, and The Rock. Those are my four. I don't give a fuck. Um, but I feel like those ones, there's so many people that talk about their main Mount Rushmores that there can be so many different types of Mount Rushmores. So today I wanted to talk about more of the mid-card Mount Rushmore, the people who didn't get world championships, the people who are more well-known for their singles titles, just people that were... Just never given that chance, but still shined regardless. These are the people I wanted to talk about. First, though, before we actually talk about who should be on that Mount Rushmore, kind of wanted to talk about who our, just our favorites in that category would be, our, our top five favorites, um, which basically would be just in the, the mini Mount Rushmore before the actual legit one. Yeah. So. That was our homework this week. <laughs> um, so we can go one to one. We got five total. Um, I don't think there's any order. As the, the people that I picked, there's not really a, a set order. It's just the top ones that I actually enjoy. Um, so, Dan, why don't you go first? What is your first pick for your favorites of these mid-card non-world heavyweight champions? Okay, so the way I did mine was um, I had to pick, of course, guys that I've seen more of uh, mm -hmm. consistently, and I try to stay near like who I kind of grew up watching. Um, I did want to include some guys that are still wrestlers now and could still maybe become a world champion at some point, but no, I wanted to get guys who I don't see them becoming world champion anymore because it's just not possible and i'll explain as we go but the first guy for me i had the first guy i thought of was luke harper aka Brody lee um i thought he was great in the fucking ring and when he was in aw um i loved all the dark order shit that's the only time i loved dark order yeah uh, um just what a heel also like i just fucking loved uh luke harper um as yeah. a wrestler, man, as a performer, even when he was with the Wyatt family, he was more exciting than, of course, Rowan uh, in the ring. 
uh, and I dug the stuff he would do then, the facials, all that stuff. Um, yeah, Luke Harper, man. Uh, I thought he Dude. was going to be the world champion, and unfortunately, uh, it's not going to be a thing. He would have been a world champion. That's without a doubt. Like, there's yeah. no way he wouldn't have been. Um, that's a good pick. Honestly, I, I didn't have him on my list, but I should have. Honestly, now that I'm now that I hear you say that, I regret not even thinking about him. I feel like like a piece of shit now. But regardless, <laughs> I did not take the same steps as you. You know, people that who would like you didn't want to choose anyone who could possibly win it now. Because um, my first pick is actually Cesaro. Yeah, he Whoa. still has he still has a chance. I'm not saying that he doesn't ever have a chance. He does. He still has a chance to be a world champion one day. Um, but he's just someone that I really enjoy. Like everything that he does in the ring, it's always been spectacular, amazing. The matches that he's had with John Cena were awesome. The stuff that he did with uh, with Sheamus was awesome. Even their their best of seven series that they had against each other was fucking awesome. Um, the match that he had with William Regal, like th- there's just so much Cesaro that can go around. Like he's just an amazing fucking talent, wasted as a single star, elevated as a tag team champion. Cesaro was my first pick. That's a good pick, and um, the sad thing is that he may only be the Ring of Honor World Champion when it's all said and done. Um, but yeah, yeah. yeah, I was gonna pick him for this list, but um, I thought there was still a chance, so that's why I didn't want to put him on it. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and go with my second one, and we'll kind of go back and forth, so I'll let you know. My okay. second one uh, for this one, though, is actually Tyson Kidd. Oh! Someone that was um, under, like, when he came out, when I first saw him in the Hart Dynasty, I was um, automatically intrigued. He was just awesome. Yeah, he did that funny, yeah, shit, <laughs> but it's... <laughs> It didn't take away from his fucking skills that he had in the ring because you can automatically see that he was fucking awesome. And then years later, after him being relegated to just main event shit and not doing anything, really, um, we see him in NXT and damn, dude, he did such great work in NXT. He could talk like the best of them. He could work better than everyone. Um, Man, that era of NXT with him um, going for the world title down there um, was just awesome shit. And the matches he had with, well, what, Sami Zayn, um, with uh, Tyler Breeze, Adrian Neville at the time. Um, it was such good shit. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. And then he became a tag team champion with Cesaro, my first pick, um, which that would have been one of the greatest tag teams to have walked this earth if... You know, Tyson Kidd didn't have that career-ending injury, I feel. I mean, they were a fucking awesome tag team. They had great tag team moves. They just worked. Both of them were just amazing. Um, but, yeah, Tyson Kidd, my second pick. That happened after NXT? He had the, the Cesaro team after NXT? Yeah, that happened after NXT. Okay, I, like I said earlier, he's highly underrated. Um, I, I, I just personally, and that's nothing against him. I just personally never saw him as a world champion. I, I saw he could be like an intercontinental champion, but, um, never a world champion though. That's just me. That's nothing against him. I like Tyson Kidd, but, um, he's just kind of the game, man. I don't um, think so either. No, he didn't get the mid, the, those, those championships. Uh, I called him in for mid card because of what he did at NXT more than anything. Um, because really in the main roster, he wasn't really a mid-carder, but him being in the main event scene in NXT, for me, feels like a mid-card. 
Yeah, and uh, he he was trained in the Heart Dungeon. Um, yep. One of the and, last graduates. Yeah, and when I used to watch, well, this is early on a couple of the first seasons of uh, Total Divas, it seemed like he was always injured at home watching fucking the network like all the time it seemed like he was always on the fucking show watching the network like just watching matches because he just fucking studies it and loves it like i just i thought that was great but yeah yeah great pick all right so who's your second pick um i had to go with uh, a guy that i grew up watching um we lost him too soon i thought um another guy here is umaga man i love um well, not Damn. at first. I thought of he course. was a, a beast, uh, a legitimate threat. Um, Did some dirty yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. He had uh, Arbando, Alejandro. Uh, I think there was one more. Uh, and then Estrada as his manager, which I thought was great. Um, I He could have been the world champion, but he there was no way they were going to beat Cena at that time. No. Uh, for it or you know but then of course um, I think he might have had some issues with um, I don't know if he got suspended for like some kind of PD or I don't know what it was but um, I could be wrong about that maybe he just got hurt but I know he was gone after a while oh, but drugs uh, they didn't he didn't want to go to rehab okay yeah so that uh, but when he first got there he was like undefeated for like a year I think Cena was the first guy that you know beat him Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was like a roll up the first time he beat him. It was like a roll up at like New Year's Revolution, and then they had like a last man standing match at the Rumble 07, which I thought was a great fucking match. One of my favorite Cena matches doesn't get talked about enough, but yeah, Umaga definitely could have been um, a world champion, man, and he was gone too soon. Definitely, that's a great pick, too. Damn, damn, two heavy hitters, but two like post mortem, man. Jesus Christ. I know that's what I'm saying. Like it's just those <laughs> never became world champion. That um, he was also what Rosie or who was he from a uh, three minute warning or was it? Yeah, I think it was Rosie. Oh no 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 not Rosie. Um, Jamal. He was Jamal. Jamal. Okay. Rosie so, is actually um, Roman Reigns' brother. Oh, okay, I see. I see. Well, yeah, like, like Umaga Samoan. Like, why not? Why not Umaga? You know? Yeah, Umaga was fucking beast, and he, he could fucking go. In the ring, like for a big guy, speed, like, and the Usos still still do some of his moves. That you know that big old hip, yeah, hip thrust in the in the ring. So odds to Umaga, so good shit. Even the splash off the top rope a little bit, I feel. But um, yeah, that's awesome, Owens. Really. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, that's a good pick. Okay, man, it's gonna be you again first for this one. Who is your third pick? So I have this is another guy. He could. He could still win it. I just don't see him doing it just because he's not in a major company right now. But that's mm. Carlito. Um, you know I like- what? I'm gonna say this out right now. That's my next pick, also. Really? I also would say Carlito for this, uh, for my third pick. Also, I only have to say it because we're both basically talking about him now. Okay. Okay. So let's let's talk about it. Uh, all I'm gonna say about him is basically that. Uh, he was entertaining in the ring. He had potential. Um, unfortunately, he never um, got to that top star level. Uh, I think I heard one time that Jim Ross said he was lazy, or that's kind of how they saw him. Or, mm-hmm. um, but 
you know, now, you know, obviously we saw him when he came back in the Rumble for that one or two match, but uh, he looked fucking jacked. Yeah, um, we we actually saw him locally at a wrestling show, and we got to get. Yeah. I got I got my um I got a picture and everything signed. It was it was dope seeing him. He he was a. Uh, I didn't like him as a kid growing up. We learned to appreciate what he was doing. He was really good at what he did. And right. let's not forget, like yeah, um, towards the end they were saying he was lazy or whatever. Um, but Carlito, when he debuted in SmackDown, he beat none other than John Cena for the United States title. Um, and held yep. that title. Don Cena didn't beat him for that title. And then, turn the clocks forward a little bit. When he debuts on on Raw, I believe he beat Sheldon Benjamin for the Intercontinental title. So, like, not too shabby a work for Mr. Carlito. Um, he, he did some great shit. Um, definitely had the potential to be a world champion. Unfortunately, did not do that. But the, he had some pretty great accolades. Um, United States champion, intercontinental champion, unified tag champ. Just about to say that unified tag champion. He was, uh, they were the first to actually ever do it. I think. Yeah, they were um, the original tag belts that the mainstays, right? The for SmackDown and Raw. Yeah, because yeah. I think it was Carlito and Primo versus um, John Morrison and the Miz, and the Miz at WrestleMania twenty four. Uh, WrestleMania 25 on the pre-show. Pre-show, yep. Yes. Um, and but I was so stoked for them to win. That's a good uh, That's a good pick. I'm glad we thought the same on that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yes. definitely had the potential, man. For sure. Yeah. So now with my number four pick on my favorites here, um, I actually did just talk, speak his name. Shelton Benjamin was definitely my fourth pick. He did come in uh, to the WWE um in the in the glorious OVW class of John Cena, Randy Orton, Brock Lesnar, and Sheldon Benjamin. He's a part of those names that they talk about every single time. Batista also, my bad. I almost forgot about Batista. Um and he came in to SmackDown with Team Angle. Uh Charlie Haas is his tag team partner, the greatest tag team in the world. Um and they quickly win the SmackDown tag team championships. So not too bad for Sheldon Benjamin. Fast forward, he goes to Raw as a single star, and he wins the Intercontinental Championship against, I believe it was Chris Jericho, Taboo Tuesday. Yeah. Um, so great shit for him to win. Then he, he goes on this nice little run with the IC title. He wins it a good couple of times, even as I think he won it even as the gold standard at one point. Yeah, he um, did. When he came back like that. And That's he right. was the U.S. champion um, as well. See, he's got accolades to go. He he's um just a an amazing athlete. I don't know. Like maybe it was his promo skills. I don't know why they didn't jump the, the gun. Well, more than likely they didn't jump the gun because I mean, who is he going up against? Batista on SmackDown, John Cena on Raw, Undertaker on SmackDown, Edge. Like there were just unfortunately too many bigger stars than Sheldon Benjamin at the time, but. Gentleman oh, was a worker and just amazing. I could tell you why, really, but um, oh, okay. I, don't, I don't really that's, want to get into it. I mean, yeah, that's, that's I, I, I won't disagree. I could, it's I could definitely play it. It's unfortunate, but yeah, unfortunate. Great Moving pick. On. I, knew, I knew you were gonna pick him. That was like the first guy that came to my mind when I was like, "Who's gonna pick?" But yeah, I think. Oh yeah, now it's gonna go ahead and be a your turn because that would have been my third and fourth right there. 
Carlito yeah. and Sheldon Benjamin. So now what would be your fourth? So on my fourth, uh, you might have him as your last. You might not. But I had to throw in Godus, a.k.a. Dustin Rhodes. Um, man, just because he's he's a great fucking worker. Like, uh, And it's it's crazy that we re- we didn't really start to appreciate it um as much until of course he had the match with Cody um Honestly, I remember wait which Cody match the first the dub or nothing one nah for me um for me I didn't start appreciating him until when he was his, with Cody yeah like when he was with Cody in that last run in WWE because yeah I feel like he was in his best state of mind at that point because he had gone through you know addiction and all that stuff in the past he was still a great character and you knew he was a great fucking worker. And yeah, he did stuff in WCW. I didn't really watch that as a kid. But I, when I was watching Goldust grow, um, man, he just, he was just on top of his game. They called him the natural in WCW for a reason. And he was starting to show why he was called the natural at one point. Because his shit was just smooth, man. Like his sunset flips, like all the shit he did in the ring was just so smooth. Um, I know he's not my pick, but I'd, I'd loved Goldust at that point. Like, that point in time, Goldust's career, it was just fucking amazing. Him teaming up with yeah. Cody, awesome. Yeah, that's uh, that run with Cody, you know, the matches he had with the Shield, the Usos. I mean, I, I just thought um, there was potential there that was never fully, um, you know, capitalized on. But um, it not, it's not all his fault. Of course, mm-hmm. there's always been shit with the uh, the Rhodes and the McMahons and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, but yeah, uh, I had to go with Godust on that one, and I will let you go last. So I'll go with my fifth pick here. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't see of him growing up, but I've seen enough of him while watching my WCW binge watch on Nitro, yeah. mm-hmm. and that is Dean Malenko, one Dean of the Malenko. one of the mm-hmm. best technical wrestlers. Of all time, still highly underrated in in uh, especially with this new generation. Um, yeah. I don't f- I feel like he doesn't get talked about a lot when it comes to all time greats, technical wrestler wise. But uh, Dean Malenko, man, you know he was cruiserweight champion. He was the U.S. champion in WCW. I think he had like tag title run at some point. But uh, I'm just talking about like his ability He's to wrestle down. in the ring. Like just at the time, like. There wasn't too many guys wrestling like he was, I thought, from what I've seen on Nitro. But um I mean yeah. without without D Malenko, you wouldn't have like the Jonathan Greshams, the the Daniel Bryans, yeah. um the fuck, even the Chris Benoit's or Eddie Guerrero's without the matches with D Malenko. I mean, yeah, they would have mm-hmm. had great careers, but that really brought them into spotlight sometimes. Well, I mean Eddie and Chris brought their own spotlights, but I'm just saying like those storied careers would have just one less story without Dean Malenko. Because um, Dean Malenko is just that damn good. Dude, uh, that's yeah. a great pick. That's the a great, matches, the yeah. great pick. Thanks, um, man. Dude, I just want to say, like, the matches with Psychosis, Rey Mysterio, Juventud oh. Guerrera, Ultimo Dragon, um, even Jushin Thunder Liger, like, <sighs> fucking great, man. Chavo. After name, uh, it's okay. After naming all those great names there, too, because a lot of those names you could probably put into this list also. Um, but for me, also, I'm actually going back a bit to 
Um, I liked him because he was entertaining and he had a great work, uh, great work in the ring. Uh, I thought uh, my last and final pick is D'Lo Brown. I love D'Lo Brown from his entrance, uh, the music, everything after the Nation of Domination. Um, even in the Nation of Domination, it's cool stuff. But when he came out, he had his own music. He was, I believe he was IC champion. For sure, I know he was European champion at one point or another during the Attitude Era. And I just enjoyed all his shit that he did. Um, Love D'Lo Brown. I'm going to be honest, man. Um, it's a weird pick. I, I just never saw what other people saw in D'Lo. Um, I actually have to send you a clip. I'm not sure if you saw what he did recently uh, with the Ace and Eights and stuff. But uh, he pretty big pop and impact. But uh, that's a different story. But yeah, I didn't... Um, I never saw what you saw in D'Lo Brown. I didn't watch him at the time, of course, but uh, what I've seen on footage and stuff like that, it's just, um, I just don't see it, buddy. But and I was trying to pick some, like, there's a lot of people I liked in the Attitude Era. I could have went with X-Pac, too, because X-Pac was one of my boys. Um, but D'Lo Brown's always someone I go to, especially, like, if I'm, I'm going to turn on WC, uh, WWE No Mercy or WF No Mercy, turn that bitch on. There's so many people to pick from, and one of the first people I always go to is D'Lo Brown. Gotta have me some D'Lo Brown. Yeah, all right. Well, that's um, I like that you went out of the box on this one. I'll say that. Um, shout out, honorable mention, Zach Ryder. I wanted to put him on this list so bad, but I think he's still gonna do it at some point. Um, because he's you know, and, and it's hard to choose too. I know NWA ain't nothing now but i feel like that title is big enough it's like yo he's the nwa world champion i give that title a lot more love than other ones um just because of the story um all the stuff behind that like i don't i don't get that earlier you're asking me like which which titles should we include so that not to include anybody in here and i said the tna you can't like if they were a tna world champion i wouldn't want to take them as mid carters over someone who was only the Impact World Champion. Impact and TNA were two totally different things um, in my mind. But regardless, uh, I actually do want to give an honorable mention only because I feel like he's more known for his um, secondary title run than his main title run only because I didn't really watch his main title run. Um, is Christian. Because I didn't see any of his main title runs. Nah, no, Christian was a world champion, damn it. Christian 2004, when he was still with the WWE at the time, that was some, some great shit. But I couldn't put him in this list because you're right, he was a world champion. There's no, there's no going around that. He's a world champion. I love Christian, though. Um, all right. Now that we've talked about what we like, what we enjoy, let's go ahead and say – and kind of just – just have a conversation. Who would you put on to be top four all-time greatest greatest wrestlers to not be world champion, to be just relegated to the mid-card, maybe pop up here in the main event scene um, every now and again, but just not to win it at any point in their career? I'm not going to be talking about people who didn't win and like who won championships outside of the main, you know, the big places. Um. I'm going to say somebody's name. You can agree with me or don't, not agree with me. Wait, but, uh, wait, can I start with this one? You know what? Go for it. Who would you think would be the first? Just Only because th- I'm about to make a statement right now. A mm-hmm. bold statement. Is it bold? 
Let's see. How bold is it? It's, it's, it's bold. Not obnoxious. It's bold. The greatest professional wrestler to never win a world championship is Roddy Piper. Dude, that's not fucking... I agree 100%. But I don't think that's a bold statement. I feel like that's a given. That's a shoo-in. If you are talking about the greatest wrestlers to not win a world title and you don't have Roddy Piper in your fucking list at all, you're fucking stupid. Fuck you. You don't know shit if you don't, you don't know your shit on your list. <laughs> dude, no, that's not a bold statement. But yeah, dude, I agree 100%. Roddy Piper should definitely be, definitely be on the Mount Rushmore of wrestlers who weren't world champions. Um, that's a shoe-in uh, for damn sure. I would, I'm going to agree with that one. So I'm going to keep that one on the list right there. I'm going to say that motherfucker is going to be right there. That's locked in. Locked in. Number one. I didn't want to put him in number one because I wanted to build up to him, but he is the number one. Now, I would also say that another person you probably want to put in there is Rick Rude. Mm, I don't know. He's one of the greatest United States champions of WCW. A man who could have easily become a world champion if just given the chance. The promos that he had were fucking crazy. Pissed people the fuck off. He was a great, one of the greatest heels also. And definitely, definitely should have won a world championship in his lifetime. I feel he should be in that spot. So if you're not going to lock him into that, I think he's my number two. But that's somebody I feel like should be up there. Well, maybe he should have won a world title. I have... I've seen some Rick Root, but I haven't seen enough to tell me that he's above at least these guys that I okay. put on this list. Okay, but right, who, would you be, who would be your second then? Who would be your second? We have to go, and this is somebody I know you're going to agree with me. Hmm. We have to go with the enforcer, Arn Anderson, double A. Right, as far as in the ring, he could cut a promo. You could take him seriously. He was legitimate. Like Arn Anderson was the real fucking deal. One, one of the world, the, the world's greatest WCW television champion. Not even WCW. Jim Crockett television champion. That uh, the Jim Crockett WCW. This, that's right. Is he, he a low world- pick for this? Uh, I will go ahead and concede that one. I did not name him at first, but bringing him up. I can't argue that. I'm looking at him right now, giving a little bit of a choke to sting on my wall with the Iron Anderson 4 written all over it. So, yeah, I'll lock that motherfucker in right now. So, nice. get him in there. Get him in there. Roddy Roddy Piper, Iron Anderson, two of the greatest to work, greatest workers to not world, win the world title. Now, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Who hmm. else you got for me? Because I got some. I got like three more. I know you got three more. Now, thinking about some of the greatest workers out there, for me, also, again, you might not agree with this one. You and I have seen enough, but a lot of it is from his promos. A little bit of the work that he did in the ring, it's not bad either. But I've got to say, Jake the Snake Roberts. The stuff that he said in his promos, very methodical, very quiet, very silent, but deadly. You feared what he was going to do. 
some of the shit that he did to Macho Man when he got the thick to fucking bite him. Never won the big one, but damn it, man, was he not a great fucking worker. I'd have to say him. You can agree or not agree, but that one's one I feel like should be on there. I do agree, but I don't think it's locked in. Um, I Jake the Snake was, yes, like you said, on the mic, fucking great. Um, and he should have had some kind of run at some point. Um, mm-hmm. I know there was other things that factored into that, but um, I don't think it's locked in. It's up there, just like Recruit, but I don't know. But I, I, let me counter your, your pick here okay, and see if you agree. But Owen Hart. Son of a bitch. That's a good one, too. In the ring, he could cut a promo as well. He was entertaining uh, with anything he was doing. And I mean, he's a heart. He was, you know, he was trained by the best of them. Um, he was Intercontinental Champion. He was European Champion. He was Tag Team Champion. Slammy Award winner. Um, had classic matches. I mean... Owen Hart, man. I mean, Owen Hart's great. I, I, I love Owen Hart. Jake the Snake was great on the mic. And I'm not Owen saying that. I, feel not- like, I feel like they're, they're going to be on the same level right there. Like, you're going to get, you're right. This is, this is the thing with Jake, Jake Snake and Owen Hart. Jake Snake, great on the mic. His in ring work was very slow, very like, it was great work, but it wasn't high flying impactful. Like, oh my God, watch how he fucking works. Um, but it was still solid. Now, Owen Hart, though, I mean, his mic work wasn't the best in the world, but, dude, it was fucking amazing in the ring. It's like kind of like the opposites. You know, positive, negative, negative, positive. Put them opposite ways. They have, they're great in different things. How about, can we meet in the middle with somebody else that I was thinking about? Um, Mr. Perfect. Ooh. Mr. Perfect can go, and he can fucking go on the mic as well. This man was perfect for a fucking reason. Should have definitely. He won the AWA um, World Championship title. I mean, it didn't really mean too too much at the point at that point in time. But he was given a, a chance in a different territory. Um, but definitely, I feel like Mister Perfect should be a lock in in this one. He could go. Um. But I don't think he's better than Owen Hart in ring. Ooh. I think he could go, though. He's right up there. But I personally prefer Owen Hart. Um, it's crazy because Mr. Perfect has some classics with Bret Hart. But um, uh-huh. Bret Hart was world champion. I know, can't, go, can't, point. Pick, can't pick Bret Hart. I know. I know. But um, I'm just saying that Mr. Perfect could go with the best of them. And he was one of the best in the ring. Uh, guys like Dolph Ziggler emulate him at times, but at least earlier on his career, not so much now. I feel, but uh, yeah, I mean, um, man, you're putting me up in a pickle here. Um, we know Arn Anderson and Roddy Piper are locked in. There's shoe-ins. Um, what about William Regal? Oh, William Regal. Got a promo, great in the fucking ring. Oh, amazing in the ring. And his promo skills are fucking awesome, man. His promos are awesome. Um, I just actually, I was listening into his podcast. His podcast is, is very interesting because it's more him talking about um, 
the wrestling, like the ins and outs of wrestling, not giving away too many trade secrets, but like giving out a little bit. It's just interesting to hear what he thinks about what wrestling should be. Um, and he always just talks about how it's his own thing. But it was a promo that he cut right before he wrestled Cesaro in NXT. And it was a damn good promo. It was so fucking good. If that's one of your picks, that I would lock that one down for number three. All right, all right. So we got William Regal in here. All right, so we got we got Roddy Piper, we got Arn Anderson, we got William Regal. Um, now another pick that I would say someone who, um, it's similar. In terms, like he had great work in the ring. He could work in the ring, but he is a a heel at heart. Wait. Can we agree that Mr. Perfect would go in before Rick Rude and Jake the Snake so he can take them out? Oh, yeah, like, for sure. Like, Rick Rude, Jake the Snake, I would put, I would put uh, Mr. Perfect in before them, sure. And Owen, like, too? We can agree. And Owen, too? Owen, yes, only because I can agree with, with that one. I don't know. I love Owen, but I'm, I'm not going to put him on Mount Rushmore. Like, oh. if we were talking about Mount Rushmore's of technical wrestlers, I would put Owen there, without a doubt. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll leave Mr. Perfect unless we have a better option at this point. Okay. And uh, the next option I was actually going to give, and again, might be not anything that you've seen or looked or paid attention to, but um, Ted DiBiase, the, 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 the million-dollar man, the OG, the senior. He can cut a promo, you can make you hate him, you can make you love him. Um, and... Damn, he wasn't too bad in the ring either. And yes, but not in the ring. He's not Mr. Perfect in that ring. He's not Mr. Perfect in that ring. Man, you really threw me for a loop and you didn't pick Mr. Perfect. Damn it. Um, I don't know. That was it, my next pick. <laughs> Who would you pick after that? Because yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's a low was, one. I, I can agree. It was the ring work for me on, on why I didn't pick uh, Ted DiBiase. But um, the next one, I have to go with... I thought he was from what I've seen. He was great in the ring, um, and he's a fuck. He's one of the best heels of all time. Um, Jerry Lawler. I mean, the dude just knew how to get fucking heat. He's so smart as far as the way he says stuff, like the jokes he would make, even on commentary, like all that stuff. Um, people don't appreciate Jerry Lawler now as much as they should. Uh, because man, dude was like the king of Memphis and just one of the best in the territory days. Like Jerry Lauder was fucking great, but honestly, now that you said Mr. Perfect and you made a case for him, I don't, I can't put Jerry Lauder over Mr. Perfect. Yeah. Right now. I think we have all these other people. Um, WWE run was not, um, what I thought it should have been. Um, I mean, he was older then. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, but yeah, you know what? If you want to go with Mr. Perfect, I think I'm trying to think of someone who might have been even in like the the modern day. Uh, oh, huh? Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. Ooh, he's underrated. Uh-huh. I think he's very underrated. Very underrated because he could cut a promo and he could definitely go in the fucking ring. For this subject, he is underrated. Like, um, and I'm surprised he never got that fucking WCW World Title tossed to him because at at sometimes at one point or another they were hot potatoing it. Yeah, but uh, they never did. You know what? 
I would lock in Scott Hall for the fourth one. Whoa. I would lock him in um, over Mr. Perfect. Um, definitely. Because, you know what? He's super underrated. Because the thing about it is, like, he might not have been the most technical of wrestlers, but it didn't matter because everything that he did in the ring mattered. It made sense. It made sense. Like, he's just... He could have been a perfect fucking champion, especially a heel champion, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, damn, if he was Scott Hall, like, dude would have been perfect. Problem, like, he had his own issues, and that probably was what hindered him from ever becoming a world champion. But, damn, I'd have to, I would lock in Scott Hall. And if you still haven't seen that, I think it was 93 Rumble match with Bret Hart for the WWE title. You should. It's a great fucking match. But he was a pioneer of the ladder match. The Razor Ramon character. Could have been a complete failure, but he made it work. Mm-hmm. And at a time where they had all these stereotypical kind of fucking gimmicks for everybody, that same thing for Teddy Biasi, like oh the million dollar man, like um, I don't know. It's just it could it could come off as corny, which a mm-hmm. lot of that shit was. But Razor Ramon, like he made it work, uh, yeah. and pretty fast too. Um, considering what they had to work with at that time, which was a down period at the you know in the early nineties of WWE, but um, and then of course to do the stuff with the NWO, um, being one of those founding members of that, what became one of the greatest factions of all time, if probably not the best faction of all time, but yeah, I mean Scott Hall, one of the best Intercontinental Champions as well. Mm-hmm. He carried the belt, uh, made it means something so yeah man i mean i don't know his ladder match with Shawn michaels at wrestlemania so yeah man i i would say let's lock that motherfucker in number four but all right so the mount rushmore of of you know great wrestlers who just didn't get a world title it's gonna go to rowdy piper arn anderson william regal and razor ramon and, of course, this is just our opinions. We had a conversation about it. You heard it right now. So that's just where we can come to an agreement on. Um, and I think they're great picks. Those are awesome picks. I mean, any one of those guys could have definitely, if given the chance to be a world champion, could have carried themselves as a champion and been that person. Um, I 100% um, believe that in every single one of the people that we picked. And I, I would put it as an honorable mention, Mr. Perfect. For sure, Mr. Perfect as an honorable mention because it was actually hard to think of someone more qualified to be in that spot. Yeah, and I actually had on my original list, I had Scott on there and then I took him off because I wanted to put Jerry Lauder there. But you know what? Fuck Jerry Lauder, man. Let's go Scott Hall. Let's <laughs> go Scott Hall. All righty. Well, that's going to um, do it for this week's episode of Let's Wrestle. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Let's Wrestle Pod. Um, you can. Um, Check out our, our link tree page on our on our Twitter bio. Um, that'll give you different ways to listen to this podcast. If you, I mean, you're listening to it, so you know where you're gonna pick it. But you know, share that shit, man. Like, type, subscribe, share, rate, review. Fuck, don't fuck. Who gives a shit? Exactly. But this was a fun episode, man. Um, we'll see what we do next week. And you've been listening to Let's Wrestle with Dan and Nico. I'm out. Peace.